0: Hello and welcome to episode 104 of Just Keep Writing.
1: A podcast for writers. By writers. To keep you writing.
0: I'm Marshall. I'm Nick. I'm Britt. I'm LP. And I'm Will. Gentlemen, we're back to close the book or end the discussion on Charlie Jane Anders' Never Say You Can't Survive. Um, It's been an awesome run of episodes. I'm really excited to have this last conversation. But before we get to that... Um, we got a couple of folks with some things to talk about So I'm going to throw it to Brent Brent all what right.
2: you got Alright so I just wanted to talk I hope it doesn't sound ranty Or anything but I want to spend a little bit And talk about the Black Spec Fic report that just came out This week um, It has been uh, All these years it's uh, been Conducted through um, Fire with various partners um, Fireside Fireside uh, and there were a few this year. I can't remember. So sorry to all those people who were helping fire contribute. But LD Lewis has kind of been at the uh, forefront of this effort, like every time it's come out, right? And the numbers just have not improved in the industry. Not enough, at least in my opinion. We went from what, 1% to 6% in the course of, I don't know, five or six years since like a percentage point a year, basically, uh, of increase of black, uh of black representation in the short fiction uh, SFF field. Which, I, I mean, we're not even that on par with population uh, at this point. So, uh so so it's frustrating to see those numbers. But what I kind of want to talk about is, um, is how I how I feel like the response to the numbers. Is where the real failure is happening. So, um, I, I won't name names because there's there's no point in naming names. But you know, in in the time since it's come out, there have been passive aggressive responses. There have been denials of the numbers. There have been asks for numbers to be corrected. And uh, so, and, and I, it's for instance. And again, I'm not gonna say names. But there was someone who felt the need to point out, my magazine did not have zero black writers. We had one. Mm. That is some shit you could have kept to yourself. <laughs> and the audacity to correct for that one to actually email LD and ask for that correction. So that that alone is pretty pathetic. But it, it's what makes it worse is that so few people consider... The cost of what this does to her psychologically, what the amount of effort that it that, that it takes for her to. Because even when these people ask these this ridiculous shit, she as a black woman has to be polite, be gracious, still thank them, even though they fucked up, because not only because the sheer fact that she puts these numbers out there puts her career on the line. And she does it again and again and again. And it's it, anyone who's marginalized in any way knows that people in power have a way of blocking you out without ever telling you that they're blocking you out. So this is the risk that she takes in every time that she helps pull these numbers together to expose this, um, these industrial flaws. So I want people to do better when they see these kind of numbers and not jump to defense or even on the other side of it, not jump to get praise for increasing your numbers. Like, why do you need the cookies? Why do you need it? Why do you bother her to to get those? And be and also on the other side, I I want to see us supporting her better, supporting that work better, because she is putting so much on the line, and I'm. And the reason I wanted to talk about this tonight and wanted to say this is because I know she can't say it. She can't say it without being perceived as the confrontational, angry black woman who who's trying to expose all these flaws, right? So, I so in bringing all this up, I just I would ask that if you read that and you have issues with it, or are you feel like this parts of it that are right or whatever, this that and the third, sit with it a little bit if not for your own understanding for giving that woman a damn break from having to deal with the work, like this is months of work and time and effort and examining stories over and over and over again. So I, I just say all this to say, um, if you haven't read the report, you should read the report. Um, and if you walk away with thoughts about the report, maybe wait before you feel the need to reach out, if you should reach out at all, quite frankly. But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that and make that space for her because I know she can't make it for herself right now. So, Nick?
1: Yeah, no. uh, One, I would love for you to post that in the feed and stuff like that so we all can take a look and review it. Uh, But I think it just spark another conversation and maybe we can go through something quick here. But like, how do we as writers who want to be allies and things like that do a better job of supporting and helping LD in in, in the fight here, but also making sure that we're purchasing and reading the right stuff. Well,
2: I think honestly, the best way people can do that is just to give her a break. Like that's the thing. Like people, I think sometimes people see things like this and they see these reports and they're like, they immediately just want to rush and like bombard like her, With like, oh, what did you think about this? Oh, did you think about that? Oh, did you think about this? And and, you know, and it's funny because I saw I saw a response of this type today, too. So she in her graciousness, because she didn't have to say this, she um, tweeted out like, hey, like, I would like to see these other kinds of reports in other communities because there are other communities that are also not represented. And the first thing I see in the comments is someone asking her to do it for their community. Not I'm going to take it all for myself and do it, but oh, okay, you do this. We need you to be an ally. Excuse the fuck out of me. Like, is that re- really? So if I, if there was anything I could say, it would be recognize that this this woman is not your community service ATM and give her a break. So that would be my response on that.
3: Also, Elle has a Patreon. So if you would like to donate money to her Patreon on a monthly basis, like your $10 in one month may not be enough to make the next um, Black Spec fic report possible, but she's been doing them. She's been missing years here and there uh, because, you know, financing, obviously. But if, you know, if 100 people gave X amount of money on a monthly basis, it could add up to being able to afford a report or even expanding the report potentially, but that would require people to not see her as the service mule. Um, I'd like to take a moment and draw. I should have pulled it up while I was waiting for my turn to speak. Um, I'd like to draw some attention because Elle has been doing the damn thing. She published in Lightspeed recently, and if I can find the damn name of the story.
2: 12th Street Pirates, I think. I I
3: read it a while ago before Lightspeed picked it up. I think that's the name of it. Last Stand of the East 12th Street Pirates, which just came out. and She was also nominated for a um, Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson Award. Uh, I bring these things up because one of the things that we lament or that I, I hear her lament Elle does more things than I do. I feel underwater by the things that I do. She seems not to feel like she's under an ocean, but she she's constantly acknowledged for all the community work that she does. And uh, it's just really nice to see her get acknowledged for the writing that she does, because first and foremost, like the reason she became part of this community wasn't so that she could be of service so that she could be a mule for anybody. The reason she became part of this community was because she's a writer And she sees wrong in the world and can't let it keep on talking like it's right. And so whatever to that, but your girl can write (laughs) your girl, writes a black buy ass off. And like, (laughs) if you want to support her, she has a Patreon, put some money in her pocket. If you want to support her for the black speculative fiction report, put some money in her pocket. She's already doing things for you and you don't even know it. So just, just damn, do it. Stop playing yourself. And by that playing me, um, Nick asked places ways that, that that there can be support. Purchase subscriptions to magazines that you cannot contribute to. So I just saw Phantasma magazine, which is a new uh, speculative magazine for Latina and Latinx people. Uh, Anathema is for queer uh, people of queer and trans people of color. Um, Fia is for black people intersectionally, Stellium lit, Uh, is centers black queer people, but there are some straight folk. There are some non black folk. Like their place, invest in magazines that are doing this kind of work. Also, if you are a magazine editor and you recognize that you have a race problem, (laughs) do the work of finding editors who have a more diverse reading taste than you do. Do the work of inviting writers to to soliciting writers to be included in your magazine because people submit to magazines where they think they're wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, before FIA, a lot of people were not submitting to magazines. And now that there is FIA, you get a lot more people submitting to magazines, but it doesn't make a difference if, you know, your literary background is just, you know, Lovecraft and Campbell. So also read, read something, Read something else. Jesus Christ. You got Delaney. We got Butler. We got uh, Tanana Reeve. We've got Stephen Barnes. And y'all still out here reading motherfucking Highland? Like, Highland ain't bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Highland ain't... Hey, the shit that Highland... Some of the things that are classic sci-fi don't have shit to do with the world that we live in now, right? Or it's anachronistic. It's it's a future that's anachronistic. I was like, that, well, we've already lived past that, and that's not what it was, Right there's so many things to read and if you're just reading our our uh, our favorite straight white cis men then like you're doing yourself and your magazine a disservice so tighten up get your shit together stop making this fucking report necessary every couple of years right
2: cuz that's the other thing and I, this, this is the thing and and I mean, I, like I said, I mean, Elle is one of my best friends. So uh, I, you know, there's things we talk about and I know the things that she that she won't ever say in public, which is why I get so fucking mad about this stuff, <laughs> because I know the burdens that she bears in private. And I will say this. What I need people to really understand is that for everything she does and for everything that she builds, she never gets it for herself. Because that's the sacrifice you have to make when you're out here trying to, um, like, blaze trails and do right by people. You, unfortunately, don't get to be a part of it yourself. Like, she created these wonderful things, for the ignites, and she'll never get one. You know, um, sat here and has, for years, you know, contributed to fire in so many ways. And, you know, beyond the first issue, which the staff just had to put together, like, she can't be a part of that creatively, you know? so. It's 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 I, I need people to appreciate the sacrifice. <laughs> I, I need to, I need people to appreciate that sacrifice more. And um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I, I I know what she's the burden she has privately, and and I strongly feel that it's um I feel that people prey on the fact that like she she's agile enough to know not to fuck up in public, and so people come at her sideways and. I, I I am not above you know <laughs> taking it there, but I'm not going to because that's not what she wants. But I Bring will say, yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, I just wanted to, and I, I, not not necessarily for our artists, but just in general, just for people to know that like she's out here putting her ass into trying to uh, make this community better. So that's just why I wanted to talk about it.
4: You know, I think maybe it would be interesting if we could have some of the editors from the magazines on and whether they like it or not um, (laughs) ask hard questions (laughs) and say, you know, how many (laughs) black writers do you have? And if they give the answer, I don't know. Okay, we'll wait.
3: Let me tell you something. The reason I fuck with Will is because Will is about the bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for this. And they'll and if they're not listening to the fucking podcast, they'll never hear this shit. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think, and it's really, I think with all if they're all so good intentioned and well intentioned, I think it's okay to ask, well, why not? And no more is the excuse, well, the talent's not there. Not true. So my thing is is that Um, If they were to come on and we ask those hard questions, then it's okay. Well, then how about next month you open it up just to black authors? That's like an easy way to do one thing. That's like bare minimum. You know, you can
3: do a black issue.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Right. And also, do um, I don't mean to interrupt you, Brent. Oh, no, Um, you're fine. Do a black issue, but also don't let that be the only time you have black people in your magazine.
2: Right. Right. This intentionality. I mean, I I, I will sing his praises from here to moon. But I mean, look, Dave Ring, when he steps into the ring, he is intentional. He reaches out to people. He's like, hey, I don't have... I. This is a blind spot. I don't have this covered. I let me find the writer that I think can do it and reach out to them and see, hey, do you have something? Do you... Uh, like going back to what um, LP was saying, just the feeling of being wanted and being seen like that goes a long way. Like and so, yeah, I, and I think and I, I, I hope people draw are after they get over their feelings. I hope they'll draw the right conclusions from the report and, you know, not do that thing where an injustice is pointed out and you decide to nitpick to, to save your to save your ass and not actually think about the big picture
3: girl not like that press not like wild hunt ooh that one all right all right i know we can not <laughs> well
0: i'm glad we i'm glad we talked about this uh can we should we move on
2: yeah, yeah yeah we can move on yeah yeah i just wanted to get that out there
0: oh no no i'm glad you did i just want to say how much i appreciate that i'm going to have a link in the show notes to um the report um and Almost, almost everything else that um, I I was trying to jot things down as you guys were talking because we'll try to have everything in the show notes. But when I go back to edit, I'll I'll make sure I get in there. Will has something else to say, but then throw it to LP. He has an announcement. And then we got to get to the book. Go, Will.
4: Yeah, I think to LP's point about um, you know buying subscriptions, helping those magazines out because we should have more than just like Fire Magazine for Black speculative mm-hmm. writers. We should have like sure. five. Honestly, if that, if you can make one successful, just having one is not enough. Okay. So like, hopefully people can rally up to all those, um, magazines, make them popular, which will also create more opportunity for other people to start their own magazines. And then we, we can just dominate, you know, we start really (laughs) making changes through numbers.
0: Right? Well, and are then you those, are you planning uh, world domination? Of some I mean, that's sort? always I my like goal. Feel like that's what's happening. That's always <laughs> my goal.
4: Um, <laughs> so you know, like, get it together, universe. Okay, God, I'm done.
3: <laughs> shout out to Anathema. Shout out to Phantasma, which is a new Latin name magazine. And there's one I will figure out the name of it uh, that services Southeast Asian specfic writers because we need these things. Yep,
4: I think we should have tried to have them on the podcast and talk about um, their mission. And like, you know, just as another, like, you know, magazine in the our field that can really talk about it. So people know about it.
3: Yes. This will be a whole nother episode. Let, let, we should move oh, on. For sure. So we okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would love glad. to talk about this again. For sure. I'm glad that I just felt where I was coming
0: from. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Always. For 20 minutes, we sure did. <laughs> 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 um, OP, you got, you got an announcement.
3: Yes, yes, uh, it is, uh, December 6th that we're recording this. So Reliving Mythology is in the streets. It is in the world. And this is the anthology, sorry, the Voodoo Knots presents, uh, Reliving Mythology, which is the anthology that we worked on with Android Press, uh, features writers from our inaugural class of Voodoo Knots from 2020, as well as a couple of, um, solicited writers. We are so proud. People have been like taking photos of their copies and posting them on the Twitter and on the Instagram and letting me know they're getting them. I'm so excited about it. People are giving, showing it a lot of love. And I just wanted to make it available to everyone here because, you know, if they love it, you go love it. So just come, go ahead and get you some love. OK, so again, it's uh, Voodoo Knots Presents uh, Living Mythology and it's available through Android Press and that will also be in the show notes. And that cover
2: slaps. The cover's really
3: good. cover smacks the shit.
0: <laughs> I was about take to it away. To, I was about to throw it to you. Brent, take it away. Let's get to this. All right. This. Cool. All right. So
2: we are in the last uh, last section of Charlie Jane Andrews' book, Never Say You Can't Survive. This section is called How to Use Writerly Tricks to Gain Unstoppable Powers. I really like how she like framed this like a comic book. Handbook, so it's cool. Um, all right. So first question out the gate is going to be a personal one for all of us. Not personal, but you know, talking about our writing. So, do you feel that your writing has a voice? And if it, if you, if your prose does have a voice, how would you describe that voice? All
0: right, Nick, did you decide see- to start with the hardest question you could possibly oh, ask yeah. us?
2: I came out the gate like. <laughs>
0: go ahead nick please
1: (laughs) look i was just trying to turn my camera back on that was an accident uh kidding i like this question because this is something i am discovering uh through our mfa program here uh western colorado uh i made a comment one time because we our assignment was list of make a list of your tells and tricks and ticks, right? Of mistakes you do. And I put on there, I'm constantly writing from a military perspective. Boy, did I get yelled at on that one uh, by a lot of people um, because that is part of the voice that I have um, that I'm learning that, you know, I write PTSD pretty well um, and can be able to tackle those subjects um, in a delicate manner. And, that's representation representative of those that suffer from it, um, and I think having like recognizing your voice is kind of what I want to go with this. One is like that's a tall task, um, but I think I think once you do start recognizing your voice, like the writing comes easier. Did I answer your question? Uh, I feel like only yeah, I an answer,
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll go next to give everyone else a little more time to like think on it since this was a hard question. Um, for myself, and I I don't say this negatively, so I don't want anyone to think I'm like downing myself when I say this. I don't think I have a voice yet. I think it's developing. I don't think, I don't, I don't think I'm, okay, let me, let me rephrase because I'm in looks. I don't think it's reached the evolution I would like it to be at yet. So I'm not going to say it's not there. I'm just going to say it's not at the evolution I would like it to be. Like where I feel like, I feel it distinctly, right? But. If your keyword there,
1: huh? Your keyword developing. Yeah, you're developing have a voice, but you're okay. developing it still, right? Fair, fair. Call me out.
2: All right. So yes. All right. So <laughs> if um, <laughs> if I had to say, I guess if I had to describe that voice, um, I think it's see and, that, and this is why I say developing because I like I can't necessarily like pin it down to something, but um. I would say it's probably this there's, there's there's a lot of heart in my voice. I'll say that. Yeah, there's a lot of like it's a lot there's a lot of um everything is approached with this certain kind of earnestness to it, I guess. Like I don't like I don't necessarily consider myself to be like sarcastic or quippy or, you know, comedic with minds, but I do feel like like my voice is um you you you'll walk away from I guess Feeling something, you'll feel something. There's earnestness to it. You'll feel some kind of emotion when you walk away from it. Usually, probably like uh, probably a heavier one. I think. Like, I think of everything I've published. Like, they kind of like deal with a little bit of a. There's heavier emotions in it. So, if I had to like give the answer right now, I would say it's that. But I still think it's developing. I don't think it's reached where I would like it to be.
0: Uh, I'll I'll go next, maybe. All right. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm kind of with you, Brent, on the. I you know what's funny is like I feel like I can hear my voice, but I don't know if I have written it well yet. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, I I spend most of my days. I mean, I talk for a living. I'm I'm snarky. I'm sarcastic. I feel like there's something about how I speak and how I move through the world that I can weave into my writing more than I have I wrote a scene today that I was really happy with that had to do with this kind of I don't know this this character just had a freaking attitude and it was really fun to write and it kind of reminded me of some of the I don't know voices distinct voices like John Scalzi for example that it just has like when he writes certain characters it's just it works you know what I mean like I feel like that's kind of I'm I'm, I would like to get closer to where i think i need to be i really like what i'm writing but i feel like my whatever my voice is i haven't i don't i can't i don't think i could put words on it but i can hear it i don't know if that's generic or if i'm no no out, no that makes, that's totally, kind of where i'm yeah. at
2: <laughs> no, no no that makes total sense that's that's totally a fair answer i think i think uh yeah no i totally get where you're coming from
3: yeah i think that's what makes this makes this challenging because <laughs> you know in the same way that as a person speaking, you don't hear. As a person speaking, I don't hear what Nick and Marshall and Brenton and will hear from my voice because it has a different sound moving away than coming forward. I think you really need other people to help you define your voice, or at least help describe your voice um, in order to understand it, because it's coming out of you. You you don't have as much. You don't have as much. You, you, you can't. You, you're you're doing the thing. You can't do the thing and then assess the thing at the same time. I think. So I'm glad you said way of dodging that question.
2: No, I'm glad you said it because now you've given me permission for my next question. But Will, I'm going to let you answer. It.
4: I don't think I have a voice yet. I think I have themes that I constantly come up. I think I'm good at automatically creating relationships, and I think the themes that I deal with are um, about family, both found and. By blood, and then a lot of stuff I've been writing recently has been a lot about grief and letting go.
2: All right, so this leads to the next question then, because I want if 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 we've read each other's work, I want us to say what we think that person's voice is, and and the reason I did it this way, I wanted to do it this way, is because. I wanted us to identify like how we feel about it and I wanted us to see how each other feels about, you know, their work. So and I don't think we've all read each other's work. I think maybe, but if not just, you know, do for the ones you have read, I guess. All right, Nick, you you were smiling when Will was talking. So I'm 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 letting you go Hey,
1: I've read I've read something from everybody in this group. Am I the only one? Uh no, I've read something okay. from all of you, yeah. Oh, okay. I was for a minute there. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you want me to go one by one or like? Yeah, one by one.
2: You can fire it off real quick. You don't have to give like a super long explanation. You can just fire it off. But
1: yeah, I mean, maybe I need to go second. So, one of the harder things I have is that, like verbalizing what voice is. Uh, so let me give me a minute to think on this one. <laughs> All right. Well, do well, I, I need to? Go? Go? Uh, I can go. Will's over yeah. here saying I don't have a voice. And it's the same comment I made to Brandon. Like, no, oh, you okay. do. It is developing, right? But uh, uh, yeah. you definitely have a voice. When I read Will stuff, I know it's Will stuff. Not based on theme, but it's the way he. It's the way his dialogue flows. It's the way his descriptions go. You know what I mean? Like, you have a voice. Like Brent, it is developing into something more what you want as you're progressing in and growing as a writer.
3: Um, so I just want to, you know, put that out there on the table real quick. All right. Well, uh, LP, your hands up. So you want to go first? I was saying let's focus on one person at a time rather than having doing oh, a round okay. Round, okay. round. That, that yeah. makes sense. OK, we can do one person we'll, at a time. we we'll stay sure. on Will, I guess.
2: Yeah, we we'll are gonna stay on Will because I already got Will's in my head. All right. So Will's voice. Is a voice of authoritative hopefulness, and I say that because when I read your work, there is there is a gravity to it, but it's it's a gravity of hope, like it's a gravity of y'all gonna love each other and y'all gonna make this world right and you're gonna fix it because I got them said so like that. That's what I, that's what your stories carry. That's the weight they carry uh, when when I read yours. So. Thank so you. We all, we all going to say Will. So
1: who's next? I got to echo that too, Brent. Like you put that spot on. like Will calls me every day. And yeah, holy shit. Like You were right. Authoritative. You're going to get along and love each other. Uh, no, I love it. It really fits. And even that kind of goes with the themes too of your writing.
0: Um, you can a put it on the, the business card now. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll say the same. Just put it on the business card or whatever we're doing. I love it. All right, LP. What, you want to jump in I on I haven't this?
3: read any of Will's work.
2: Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. No, no, that's fine. I knew we all hadn't. That's why I was, like, well, bringing that, the and That's, that way,
0: that's what I was going to bring up, because I don't I, – we haven't all read each other's stuff. So.
2: Yeah, that's fine. We yeah. can just do who's read who. Like, I don't want to, okay. you know. no, we'll, we'll all read each other's stuff eventually, I'm sure. So All right, so – um. Let's do what well, we're, I'll do in the order of people who join the podcast. So, Marshall, <laughs> you and Nick are right, co, co current. So, I'm going to do you. All right. So, I've read Marshall's work. So, I'm jumping. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, put it in here. So, um, your, your, when I read your work, it, the voice is, there's, uh, a, a, it's, it's like a grit to it. Like, there's like a, uh, it's like, when I read your stuff, there's like it, it, it's it the way you frame prose, it's like almost feels like a march in a way, like in like one of those like yeah, there's like a, a like grit, like there's just like a, a perseverance to it, like you know how some people will some people write things and they feel like they feel dry, yours doesn't feel dry, like there's a steady beat to it. It's almost like a it's almost like a drum, but uh yeah, but it gets to. There's, there's still that core of like, uh, the core of like humanity at like everything you write. So, yeah, that. That's my, that's that's my, that's my quick little read. I'm gonna I, go uh, for Marshall. I will. Okay. All right.
4: Um, I have to agree. There's a grittiness, and there's like a um. It always seems like a lot of your characters are dealing with moral issues of what's wrong in the world. I see a lot of that in your work. There's very much that there's always this question of mortality and also, um, moral compass of the characters. And you see a lot of like blacks, whites, grays throughout, um, the stories, which I think is really riveting.
0: I'll take that too. I didn't realize we were doing this tonight. I'm excited. This is lovely.
1: <laughs> hey, can I go now? Oh, please. Yep. For Marshall. For Marshall. Yep. So I'm I'm with what the other two have said already, too. But I'm in school with you. And I get to see you writing different genres, different formats, lengths, and things like that. And there's a recurring voice. And it's one, it's one of pain. Hmm. You it's your characters usually have something going on in their lives where they're experiencing emotional pain, but there's this underlying wave of hope that's always trickled throughout as well. And it's, I mean, it's in your Westerns, your, your short fiction that you've done in romance. Like it's, it's, it's echoed and it's sprinkled without. Um, so and that's what I've noticed this last you know year and a half in our program is is that pain and the trauma it's coming through, but it you have these beautiful layers and nuances of hope and like it's not all that bad. And I I the individual the character am gonna make things better.
0: You guys are delightful.
1: All right, so um, <laughs>
2: LP, I've read your stuff, so I am doing yours first. All right your voice i don't of, of, of yeah your voice is as developed your voice is is strong as fuck and i and, and if i had to sum up your voice in like one word it is authentic like your voice is authentic i it it, it um your your prose and the way you the way you pull it together it's it's um there's a beautiful rawness to it. It's just like, you know, this, this this is the this is the real world, and this is even even in your fantasy. Because I mean, I read your I did the audio for Arm and Indigo. Um, even in your fantasy worlds, it still feels like I'm giving you the real world. You don't get to flinch away from it, but I'm also going to make it beautiful for you. Like right? so, there's just this beautiful rawness to it. So yeah, if I had to sum up your prose, that is how your voice in your prose. That's how I would sum it up.
4: Oh, I'm going next for this one. I think, kind of piggyback off of what um, Brent said. There's a tenderness, a heart aching, and a musicality to the way that you write. There's music in those words. You know, I always think of the story uh, that uh, was on um, Escape Pod. And all I kept thinking is like uh, LP's mom singing to him. That's how I kind of view it because there's this really beautiful melody throughout the story.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent musicality. That's well, I like that that's too. Perfect. That's perfect.
0: I would add. I think I, I haven't read as much of LP stuff, but I mean, there's there's moments of um, everything you guys said, but moments of kind of delightful snark that I like as well you know yeah. um so I, i'm gonna add that to what you guys said for sure
2: yeah for sure i just said like these characters they 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 don't let you get away with your bullshit basically mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's yeah so if i had to i think that is perfect like it's so up go lp's voice all
0: right Nick. I mean, I feel like i've been killing it on the descriptions tonight uh, like, I, th- I think you're doing great Uh we we have to give Nick some praise too, I think. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, no. We're not done. We definitely cover we definitely getting the Nick. (laughs)
0: LP had to turn his camera (laughs) off for that one. Oh
2: yeah, no, we're definitely getting the Nick. All right. Um so I've read Nick's stuff and Nick, there is um there is a huge compassion in your voice. Like compassion, like there's definitely like Um, empathy and like understanding, like you know, because it's uh even in the stories that I've read of yours, where it's been like a bit like a a bit traumatic, like there still is like um, feels like someone you know in that in those moments when you like you just need a damn hug, like that's what Mm -hmm. your voice feels like in the in the writing of it, like that moment when you just need a hug and someone finally gives it to you. So um, yeah, like there's just deep compassion in your writing, in your voice. Like I, I feel it in the in the way you, the way you describe your characters for sure.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. And I, and having read quite a bit of your stuff, like I said, the last year and a half or so, I there's a um, especially when it comes to your you know dialogue and characters and how they move through the world. Um, there's like a um, like a cadence to it. Like there's like a it, it feels. It's always moving, and it feels very, feels very natural. I don't know. I just, I really like how your characters just kind of unfold, and it's, and the voices there, the dialogue is, is lovely. You're really good with dialogue, and I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Cadence is the word that just is sticking in my mind. Um, maybe it's a military thing. I don't know because those are some of the themes that were coming through. But um, a lot of my themes. Yeah, but that's just what's on my mind right now.
4: Um, I think you uh, get to the, you know how to distill a character's humanity. You can really distill, you know, um, human emotion and human tragedy really well. And you grapple a lot with what's uh, internal and external happening to the characters. Like, A lot of your characters might be internally going through something, but then there's also a lot of your stories have to do with an external issue in the world. You know? And I see that a lot reflected of like the content of your character, because you, especially when you're wrong, you actually try to do better. You know? I think seeing your growth as a human being, of coming from this place that was mainly white and Mormon, you have the, I've seen you grown in a much more expansive, loving way that we don't get to see enough people who have faith actually reflect what that faith actually means. And you do.
3: Man, Don't cry, Brent. Like,
0: do Definitely <laughs> second that one.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: man, I'm blushing over here. You man, should. No. That's
2: that's why I, I, I needed us all to have a good moment. So I'm glad you're all blushing.
4: Okay, now it's now Brent's you, turn. Are you right? about
1: to take us right out?
4: No, didn't Brent? Did we do Brent's yet?
3: No. Yes, yes, you did. Move on. No, no we I'm did fine. not. All <laughs> right. Ooh. Bitch, you um, got me fucked up? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Who would uh, like to start? I, I'm going Brent? on mute. I'm going to go on mute and disappear. Okay, turn boom. off your camera. It's it's easier.
2: <laughs> no, 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 I don't care. Look, it, it, the thing I, I think I've learned about this. This is one of my lessons of the past couple of years is learning how to take people giving you good things. So I'm keeping my camera on. All right. Anyway, go ahead.
4: And we're emotional as fuck in this podcast.
3: <laughs> I don't think it started out that way, but it got there.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Who wants to start? I can start if.
0: You go, you, you go, go ahead. You go, I have Marshall. something on the tip of my tongue, but go
4: ahead. You go, you go Marshall.
0: No, I, was, I, I think what I like on, I, and I've read a few things of Brent's. I, what I like is there's a twist to, to Brent's voice. Like he would take something um, and twist it in a way that will make you want to stay with those characters for, for as long as you'll, he'll let you. You know what I mean? Um, there was something about something endearing even about the darkest characters that Prince writes that I wanna just I want to hang out with those characters even though I I'm supposed to hate them. Um and that and it has everything to do with the voice um that comes along with um the prose that comes along with those characters. So that's what was on, that was sort of what was I was thinking. Go ahead. Oh, I yeah, didn't call on, yeah, um, call on a person. yeah, um, call on a person. Will you said you were gonna go, but LP's yeah, go to Elton. Uh I think uh,
3: there. Someone said earlier for someone's work, uh, authority, and I think there is a way to drop somebody into a story and make them feel like they are um, collected and protected. You know what I mean? Like you don't question. You know, there's a, they're, they're unreliable narrators, but you don't have to worry about your narrators being unreliable because they're very reliable and they they know where where you need to be as a reader and that's one of the things that like i think part of that is like you know one of your superpowers is 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 world building and like you do that but you also do that with character you also do that with exposition you also do that with description right and so there's never a point when i'm reading your work and i'm just like what the fuck is happening? It's always just like you're just there. You're, it's, it's so rock solid. You're 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 in the room. You can see the room. You can see the people. You can see the the corner of the mouth going up. And like you know what it means. And it's it's really it's really powerful. Go
4: ahead, Nick. You had your hand
3: up. Yeah. Um so reading reading some of your stuff, like you do
1: a really good job of making the bad guy the bad guy. Um, and I was specifically thinking of the, the novella that you put out where we're following this cult and they're going to raise their god and you come to find out the god's like, y'all did it wrong and y'all been messed up mm-hmm. so many years. <laughs> and it's like, but it's the same thing with the other short fiction that you put out too in the nightclub. You, you, follow, you follow the bad guy. You're not afraid to follow the antagonist. Um, And I think some of that speaks to some of your, you know, your past and some of the trauma you've experienced where you're taking something that's lauded as good and you're showing it for its true colors. Um, And that's something I've noticed that, that shines through your work really well. And it brings, I mean, I'm always talking about your stuff and your themes afterwards. Like I don't stop your readings until hours later, days later when I can discuss it.
3: Go ahead, LP. Uh, you also do something that I really love, something that I'm exploring more and more in my work and something that I'm like starting to recognize in work that I enjoy, um, is that um, you recognize that some people are offered the opportunity to be a hero and some people are forced to be the villain. Um, and what Nick said really kind of brought that to mind because you know, he's like, you know, you're following the villain, but like, are you following the villain? Are you following who everyone else in the story is decided as the villain. And it's like, it's a level of empathy and compassion that you don't necessarily see in all fiction, right? It's not something you can always get. When you can, when you can turn Jafar into the protagonist and you're following him because you understand that his reasons for doing what he did aren't because he's a shitty person, it's because he had to do something no one else could do. And like, it's powerful. So that's a work in
2: progress, y'all, that he was talking about. Not uh, not done yet, but yeah.
0: <laughs> but I will uh, have it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, well, bring us home on this.
4: Um, I would say um, expansive. I think when I read your work, it, there's always, even if you don't show it in that story, you put these little um, drops of world building that Make you see a whole bigger world. Um, I also think after reading some of your work, this is where you put all your vulnerability at. But at the same time, this is where you also have all of your fun. So, and the two play off of each other, you know? So when I think of the way that you write, I would describe it as expansive, a reckoning. Um, and also I would say vulnerability. And I think it's also because, you know, we know you a little bit. So I would say, you know, this is where you get to dig in and see all of these life experiences that you've had and you're putting it on the page. And I think that's just really fascinating.
2: Aw, guys, this is really good. No, I'm glad we did this. Like, see, now we all feel, you know, we all got some love, necessary love about each other's work because you guys are all great writers. So, so I knew this would be, I knew this would be, I actually knew this was, I was excited because I knew this would be a fun question. So um, I know we took a while on it, but I'm happy we did. All right. So um, one of the things, and this is, is give us a chance to kind of like talk a little bit more about ourselves and our writing and how like it works is um, there's a, there's a part of this where Charlie Jane talks about like how she was a j- uh, dance champion. And how that kind of plays into like how she writes and, you know, the style she writes. And it made me think a bit of what, about what Will was saying about LP's voice and how there's musicality to it. Well, I, I know LP. I know LP can sing. Uh, I know LP got a voice. And so hearing that, I was like, aha, see, it's in there without even like, without people even necessarily knowing that like that talent was there. So I guess I, um, and then Will kind of just mentioning about me, like my vulnerability coming out through, you know, coming out through um, through the words. So I kind of wanted to go around to each of us and just kind of have us talk about like some part of our life that is kind of embedded in how we write and like and how we our style of writing, basically. So another hard one I know, but I figure I I, I, I want I wanted tonight to be kind of like us, kind of reflecting on how we do things and like you know applying it a little bit. It's deep. All right, Can't LP, know. you
3: want to go first? Yeah, I think um, I think I talked about this before that the P and <laughs> LP stands for Pariah, uh, and there's a there's a loneliness that I identify with, which uh is not supported by my extroversion um and i think that that loneliness and that like introspection um shows up in the way that i write people interacting with people and the way that i write people feeling feelings because i think some frequently when people are feeling feelings and someone's writing about it it doesn't look good it looks like nothing's happening and if you and i've realized that that's one of the things that i do well um so yeah, I'm working out lon- loneliness in most situations. <laughs> mm. That
2: I, and I think that's that's a, that's a good answer, and that kind of exactly what I was going for in terms of like what what you know experience do you really bring into your work and like how you and how it's like part of your style. Uh, anybody want to go next, or
0: should I? I, uh, go next? I might I might try to go next. Um, okay, I I think LP, you kind of reminded me. Of, I, I don't know. I don't want to say this. So every job I've had for the most part has been some sort of, I don't want to say, okay, it's been sales. It's been talking. It's been bartending. It's been waiting tables. It's There's a performance-ish level to it, right? And so I think what LP said, which is kind of why I wanted to go next, it was fresh in my mind, is I find myself – feeling lonely sometimes, but at the same time, what I like about what my, um, jobs have brought to my writing is like there, I have these characters, right. Who are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're out there, they're doing these things. And, but there's parts of them that they can't quite handle. They can't quite deal with. And I think I'm, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm answering the question exactly the way I want, but, um, for example, the scene I wrote today speaks to that a little bit because there's this internal monologue going while this character is performing and doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. Right. And there's like a level layers to that, which I, which I like. And so I guess that's kind of how I would answer that question. Um, Even though I could turn around and smile and talk to a table and do exactly what I need to be doing. I might go in the back and be upset about something else because I'm dealing with that, but I can always turn, turn it around. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, it makes total sense. All right. Should I, should I go or will and Nick you feeling it? Okay. I'll go. Okay. Um, uh, so for me, the, there's two big things that I think life experiences that are like foundational to pretty much everything I do. And, um, I would say my life as a, a army brat is like a huge thing that's infused in my writing cuz when you know people talk about world building being my superpower and all this well, it's because at such a young age I was, you know, seeing the world in a way like I went from Alaska to Georgia, Georgia to Hawaii, Tennessee to Central America, Central America back to, you know, so and um even now you know traveling in different countries and whatnot just kind of like instilled in me this idea that like there's always so much more going on than you realize and and so much more depth and history to the world than than what you think is out there and I think that's always been like a huge part of like my style of writing and why I focus so much on dropping those little hints of like the world's so much bigger is because as a kid that's Pretty much something I learned early on was that the world is so much bigger than you think. Um, the second thing is growing up Catholic. That that um, they're like uh, I think Will talked about an empathy in in my writing. Well, and the an empathy for people that, and I think you talked about it, an empathy for people that aren't necessarily are people not being given the choice to be good or bad. I guess, and uh, the reason I say that is because. And how that ties into growing up Catholic is that, like, well, from, from 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 the time I was a child to almost in college, that religion made me think I was no good and I was not worth anything and I didn't even deserve to be here, and that a thing like me was an abomination and and uh, 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 some unholy thing that didn't need to exist, right? And so that. Coming out of that and realizing all of that was bullshit, it drives a lot of how I, you know, style characters and think about characters and why I do give empathy to people that aren't necessarily good or, you know, and why also on the flip side, why I'm so keen on tearing down in my work, these, these institutions that are supposedly good because, you know, on the surface, this this institution is supposed to be this this um, religion of love and faith and whatever, and it, all it did for me was cause me pain and anguish and you know, and, and scars that'll never go away. So, um, so yeah, if I had to say something, those two things, those two life experiences, more than any other two life experiences, really are infused into my work.
1: So,
4: Nick, you have I'll something to say.
1: Yeah, I'll go last. I'm going to cry. So I'll go last.
4: Oh, no, cry. Let's do it now. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm so evil. The
1: tears, the tears. Compassion Um, and authority. There we go.
4: That's what you put in your work? Compassion and authority?
1: You're saying that'll be describing you.
0: Got him. <laughs> um, for <his> spirit. <laughs>
3: Stay for his entrails <laughs> um, Well,
4: if we're talking about what I put in my work The things I discuss Grief is a really a big one I think It kind of goes along with the themes It's really interesting I forget, Brent, you grew up Catholic like I did So we have a lot of the same experiences when it comes to that religion and the way that it was perceived. Yeah, I think growing up feeling isolated, you know what, it's really interesting. I think I put that in there. I think I actually put more traumatizing stuff about being controlled in my work and um, anger in society and anger just in general. Um, I think those are a lot of the things from my life that I put in my writing. It's really weird. I don't usually know what I'm putting into my story until someone calls me out on it.
3: Mm-hmm. I have Nick. notes, but we'll come back to that off-camera. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nick?
1: All right, so this one, like, uh, probably going to cry a little bit here on this one. Because uh, for me, it is so personal. Um, you guys want to there and describe characters um, and what I do with emotion and stuff like that and how they move in the world. And like, really, at the end of the day, like, I'm just trying to write a better version of me. Uh, my journey in this writing career, where my background was, where it is now, hasn't been easy. Um, and I think the one thing I can give my cre- myself a little credit for is, is always trying to have compassion and empathy and understanding. And I think that's what leads into my work the most with all the characters that I have. Um, I like the gray Moore lines of what is good, what is wrong, or what is right, what is wrong, what's good, what's bad. Because it's all, you know, it's perspective a lot of the times. But then there are some of these that are very clearly black and white that you can't, you can't hide anymore. Um, so for me, like, yeah, it's all of me that, that kind of gets bored into it. It's every life experience I've ever had that that I pull from, that I draw from. Uh, I mean I I just wrote a, a retelling of Cinderella. It's my dark Cinderella version and shit from my own childhood was popping through. Um, didn't have a wicked stepmom, didn't have wicked step siblings, but I had you know, I had a mom due to her own issues that she was she was in the house but she wasn't engaged with us. She never said done or did homework with us. She always just told us no or made us go to our rooms because she just didn't want to deal with us. Again, my mom had her own issues, and as an adult, I can see that now, but it, it had an impact on me on its kid. And now writing this story, it's like, damn, like, okay, unprocessed trauma there. Uh, you know, I've, I've got to deal with it on my own here. Um, uh, Will, you want to elaborate on that question?
4: No, it just sounds like depression, because your mom and my mom could buy a house together.
1: Well, I mean but they'd probably kill each other in the process.
4: A hundred percent. And it's no one it's, the, it's other the other person's fault. fault.
3: If they can get off the couch.
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> oh my god. Wow, yes. yes. And I love uh, I, I I love
4: my mother. I yeah. think as Nick does as well. We love our parents.
2: Oh yeah. You love yeah. you love your parents, but they're human, end of the day. Yeah.
4: And mm-hmm. they just I, I yeah. think a lot of times too, Nick correct me if i'm wrong but like yeah when you when you bring that with your writing does it also help you kind of have a little bit more understanding of your mom as being a whole person besides being your mom oh yeah,
1: yeah. well and that's and like i mean maybe i was a little shit when i was older or younger like there came a point where, like, my mom demanded so much respect out of us, like, militant respect. And I finally snapped and said, respect is earned. And, like, that was the end of the discussion. And for me, I didn't feel like I was being respected. Um, uh, Therefore, I wasn't going to grant you any respect. And I lived my life like that for a little while with people. Um, And it gets you nowhere at the end of the day. But I think for me, like, being a parent now, too, like, man, I text my mom sometimes. It was like, how the hell did you deal with this as a kid? She gives me an answer that I know is false, but it is true for her and her perspective. Um, And it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but like, I'm not going to make that battle of correcting you. Like you weren't like that when we were growing up, but I understand like what you, you know, what you view and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, You know, and again, like my mom has her own issues. And I think I think what really helped me, and like, and this is, you know, again answering the same question of my life experiences, my my wife that I'm married to, we have three beautiful stepkids that call me dad. She is a domestic violence survivor, mm-hmm. and being married to her like my mom is too, and I always forget that. You know, my mom spent <clears throat> almost 10 years in a bad relationship. Same with my wife. You know, and so it's one of those things where it's like, and I was raised by a stepdad, right? So like there's certain things I can draw on, like, you know, that from my life experience that just pour into my writing. And like I'm I'm like I'm holding back tears right now because it's like I realize so much having these conversations, being open about it, but these are really the things that I draw on. And you guys kinda hit it on the head earlier with my voice, is like emotion's a big thing for me. I'm a very emotional, cuddly teddy bear, but like I'll fight you if i have to or kind of want to if you do say the wrong things aka i got a long <laughs> twitter thread going right now but posts i'm gonna make but you know what i mean like yeah i'll show you later um i'm I get upset over certain things when i feel like the people that i love are being harmed um, and things like that or and then you know i want to show that in my writing um a little bit more and that's a bridge i'm trying to cross too right um and there's certain things that are easier, right? And I'm always trying to challenge myself in that aspect. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on a tangent there.
2: No, no. Like I knew, I knew coming in. See, I structured this a certain way. I A fun <laughs> question that I knew would be a harder question. So I'm gonna bring it back to a fun one. Like so you got so one get, to
0: take us out on because we we yeah, might one, be got, running out.
2: I, I got I got a fun one to take us out on because <laughs> I think we all probably have a good answer to this. Um, so we talked about ourselves a little bit, but. Who are some of uh, the authors that you think have, like, some of the most distinctive voices out there? And, like, how would you describe those voices? So, probably, just for sake of time, maybe drop, like, one or two, just so we're not, like, listing a whole bunch all night, because I think we probably could, but... All right, Marshall. I feel like you got answers to this. One, uh, I so got.
0: I'm gonna... I got. I got one on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. I, I was watching LP's face when you asked the question, though. Oh, I so. know LP
2: got answers too. Okay, like okay. that's why I'm kind of like. I, I but I I, I didn't want to <laughs> go to him right away because I feel like he's sifting through a bunch of answers. Right, but. right.
0: I only I only have one at the t- that I want that I want to bring up, and I brought him up earlier just because I just like his stuff, and it just makes me. His stuff makes me laugh. It makes me think. And it's also just got a distinct voice and, and, and people might be mad at me, but it's John Scalzi because I just love his, his, the the distinctness of his, his characters, how they get like, if he has a bitchy character, man, that's the bitchiest fucking character. And I just, and I just fucking love it. It makes me so happy. I'm like laughing. I read something recently of his over the summer, uh, just some, it was, it was, and he'll talk about. It, he talks about it. It was just a story, like he just had this random idea after all this stuff he was going through with the pandemic and stuff. And it was like it had to do with kaiju's and just big ass creatures. And it was just the fucking most batshit crazy story, but like it was fun as fuck. And the voices, and the voices distinct. And I just, I just, I don't know. That's the first one that came to my mind. I know it's not. Cool. Yeah, I know it's not. I, I wish I could have. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Oh
2: I'll no, no, no look, no apologies. Like we we like what we like, dude.
0: we don't need to apologize
2: for it. Um oh. all right. Uh it was LP, a black
0: author. It. I will cut this. I just was it was a black author. I'm going to tip by tongue. Nah, I mean,
2: hey, look, you like what you like and don't don't feel ashamed <laughs> for that, like,
0: shit. That's so why, why we
2: <laughs> And that's why we that's why me and LP are here. We'll tell will give you recommendations. Yeah, yeah, you you help but, me yeah. out.
3: you help me out yeah. with that? So Three people jumped to my mind, but then I'm like, damn. Oh, I don't know if this is common knowledge. I'm only reading people of color this year, Uh, like books by people of color this year. Uh, Three people jumped to my mind. I was like, do I, do I like, I can't think of any white writers at the moment whose voices I love outside of like friends, which isn't a bad thing. But, like, I feel like I spend my Twitter life like pumping up my friends, and I think people think I'm just playing them like, oh, they're your friends. This is nepotism. Um, (laughs) Which it's not because if I don't like something, if you don't know me, if I'm not into something, (laughs) I might not tell you that I don't like it. I just won't talk about it, and you definitely won't be on my Twitter. Anyway, um, some folks that are easy to find are NK Jemison and Cavill Turnbull. Uh, Caitlin Turnbull wrote um, "No Gods, No Monsters," which fucked me up last year. Uh, It won the Lambda Literary Award last year or earlier this year uh, because it was so fucking good. Um, NK Jameson, y'all know who NK Jameson is. I don't need to go into that. Uh, uh, Sequoia Nagamatsu wrote uh, "How High We Go in the Dark," which is a literary leaning book that came out earlier this year. But like, it's definitely speculative. There are elements of space opera, dystopia, uh, pandemic, plague story slash like creation. Like, it's crazy. It takes place over a fucking millennium. The, 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 the story, the book is, 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 it's been, oh, I got it right here. Look, y'all can't see it because this is a podcast, but fuck it. It's good. <laughs> um, and, uh, Nia Davenport, um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to keep it to people with the books that, that excludes people, which makes it easier for me. Um, Nia Davenport. Man, I've read some of Nia's drafts before. I, I've looked at things you know, before she turned them into so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. But baby, the blood trials. Yeah, <laughs> Her blood little siblings, awesome. I was like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> it's right there, Will. Yeah, right there, look, facing out because you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> um, the blood trials was like it was so fast paced, but you never felt like you were lost in it. Um, and yeah, Nia has a fantastic voice, and I've seen it across middle grade and YA and adult. And it's 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 yeah, she's she's a bad one. All Nick, right. you go,
4: or Brent, Brent or Nick. No, he's no, going.
3: Nick, no, no. I'm
2: just
1: saying, all right for the next one. So Nick, you go ahead. All right, that's fine. I was about to be like. No will. I'm not going to listen to you, but you know <laughs> I won't fight him too much. Um, so I, I was actually going to say I was I was going to say Nia because uh, I love the Blood Trials so much. So I'm not. I, I can't make the claim that I've only read um, authors of color um, this last year. Um, Lot. I've read a lot. A lot more than I ever have in the past. And that's kind of something I challenged myself on. But I'm going to throw uh, Zin E. Rockland. Um, we had, our, had her on the podcast. Uh, I, which, I mean, Flowers of the Sea, coming from a white guy, like, talking to her about that and, like, she felt empowered <laughs> to she, that be was an angry black woman on that show, <laughs> on that book. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I loved it. It was like... What I like about it, it's so different from me. Um, which really helps out. But I'm asking I'm gonna throw another one out there. Daniel Jose Older, sorry, Will, um, doing ballad and dagger uh. right now. Uh. <laughs> Daniel is prolific to me. Um, I what he does with mixing in Latin culture um, is beautiful. It so it brings me to a different world in the same world. Um, you know, my my stepdad's Hispanic, so I you know I got to grow up with some Latin culture, Hispanic culture in my life, and so reading this is like some of the phrases and some of the things they call each other. I'm just like, ah, oh, this brings me back. Like I love it, um, and I'm glad that he's doing that and has a space to do that. Will
4: did Brent go?
3: No, I figured you out would next. Brent, I mean, Brent is Brent is leading today. It's your turn. I'm mine. I'm Roll, I'm I should be in that mod.
2: So you, you. It's
3: true. You get to grow nothing. Well, I have like eight.
2: So well, run it, run it, run it.
0: Yeah. Tanner Reeve Dew. Hey, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, I love that book you're holding. No one can nice see it. It's my soul to keep. It is. It is
4: just hands down. Also, uh, as far as Nia is concerned. Um, I'm having the immortals. That's my book club that we can learn from as our like book club pick. Um, Suey Davies, um, Oklahoma. Mm. Okay. Sui. I love yep. everything. Suey writes all his short stories. Um, and he writes these really immersive worlds that I love. Um, I was also gonna say Daniel Jose older, but that little bitch took it. <laughs> um, Got him. Okay. He's a bit bitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: You um, know. You know yeah. what? I'm large and in charge right now with that. You dick. know like okay. Go <laughs> go fuck yourself for
4: taking Daniel.
1: Teddy <laughs> <laughs> bear bitch.
0: You, you knew that was gonna happen. At man. least,
1: at least I listened to that episode.
4: True. Boom. You know what? I feel I won't listen to it. LP. Did you ever <laughs> listen to that episode? <laughs>
3: I don't know if we. Need I haven't gotten around to it, but I. I, I just know that before what? I came on, what? I didn't listen really well for when I, when when I first like started listening because he's just he's just aggressive, and I realized we both just have that Scorpio takeover spirit, and so. Uh, now I love Will, but like I was just like, bitch! Every time you come on, and I started listening like last year. Every time you come on the podcast, you got somebody crying. Why are you always <laughs> making somebody cry? And I'm just like, Will. My goal is to make you cry. He's like, I almost cried once with Danielle Jose Older. I was like, well, bitch, almost doesn't count. Yeah, I need real right? tears. <laughs> I need your mascara to run. <laughs> um, and I would say,
4: um, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, um, Zoraida Cordova. I don't mm. know if anyone's read Zoraida's work, but she's amazing. And I think oh, she, she has, she has like the most, how can I describe this? I, I think she can write anything. She can write fantasy, urban fantasy. She can write science fiction. She can write um, magical realism. I'm just obsessed with her. And let me my tell you other, something about
3: Zoraida de Cordoba. Because I am convinced that she's going to have one of those Stephen Graham Jones careers where she has all these books, and then one is going to take off, and when it takes off, her backlist is going to blow up, and then Soraya Cordova will become the Soraya Cordova.
4: Yeah, she's amazing. Um, And Cameron Hurley. Mm. I think Cameron Hurley, what I love most about Cameron is her evolution. I think she's really honest about where she had her blind spots as a writer and Mm -hmm. she's the first person when people call her out on shit to be like, yeah, that was fucked up. I got to do better. And I think that really speaks, um, a profound, and you know what I have to say, Mur Lafferty's new book station eternity murder. She wrote in space is hilarious. Um, I love that book. Um, and I'd probably say Tochi. Um, Mm. Um, what's Tochi's last name? I always forget. I thought
0: we were only doing like one oh, yeah, or two. But. I know we were. Uh, yeah. but we can just go for <laughs> That's it. That's why below. I just said one, and then all of you guys have said yeah. like ten. And so. I know. Listen, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to you, Marshall. Let
2: you say there's, some more if you want.
0: I just feel like there's so
4: many people, but if I was, if I the ones I picked, Cameron Hurley, Zerida, Daniel, Sui, and Tannerif, I would say are the people that I and Lee Bardugo. All right, one more, Adam Silvera. They're the okay. ones that I go back. That I'm like, okay, I would love to be. I like the way they write. Listen
0: to Who's the dance. Brent. It's Brent's Brent.
2: Well, well, Marsha, did you want to say a couple of more? No, I just I didn't?
0: felt like everybody threw out extra ones. I'm gonna throw out two black uh authors that I love. One is Maurice Broaddus, that's nobody's brought up as well. And I would oh, yeah. also throw Aise Jama Everett in there as well. I've only read one of his books and mm. some of his and one of his comics, but um, i can't wait to finish uh his liminal people series which is phenomenal so um oh i have that oh it's le- it's legit good dude like okay. he's he's my thesis advisor for my program right now and so i read his first his book before i got to him but i his fourth book's about to come out in that series uh pretty quick here so it's it's legit good so
1: okay marshall
0: i feel better now thank you
1: you don't want to throw on another favorite of there Aaron Roberts. Uh, R- I love Aaron, but R.A. R- R- Salvatore.
0: I was gonna, but I didn't want to be that guy who throws out all the white dudes and like just people from my past and stuff. But no, R.A. Salvatore is always a go back to me. Like, just if I just need just fun fantasy d style. I just I love his stuff so much. So no one's gonna give you
4: shit. You like what you yeah, like. No, and that's influenced you. What you, that's influence you. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, fun yeah, of you, you guys you.
0: because you guys
4: always You and Nick used to always bring up fantasy and I used to always be lost. (laughs) I used to be like, I don't know who they are or like, I never read them.
0: Well, Ari Salvatore put out a short story recently um, that is uh, a Jarlaxle short story that is just, it's a novelette, novella. I don't know. I read on audible. It's amazing. It's awesome. And it's just part of that world. Just one of those characters you love. I've loved for 20 years, you know? So, those are the people, those, that's just what I go back to. So, yeah. All right. That's like,
2: I will rattle mine off fast. I know we're at time. So, um, we talked about it earlier. LD Lewis, there is, um, a violent elegance to everything that she writes. It is, it is visceral, but it is beautiful at the same time. And everything she writes, um, Jen Brown, Jen Brown is just fucking, uh, poetic fashion on the page like that's just like that that's what her voice gives it's just very like it's like runway fantasy realness that's what i feel like when i'm like reading her stuff um p jelly clark there is uh a magical lyrics lyricism like expansiveness i guess i'm using just all these word word salad but it is his world's feel expansive in the way that i think some people say mines does but he just does it with such like Style and swagger. That's the word. Yes. There's a swagger, the P. Jelly Clice uh prose. Yeah. Um, and then uh I had two more that rather uh ended off. Um Sam Miller. Sam Miller, his stuff is just like like just uh it just feels like sexual tension just on the page all the time. Like it's always like this little like it's like it's like it's like you you bout to get some, but you don't quite get it, and it's like you 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 want it to happen, but you're not sure when it's gonna happen. That's what it feels like. You're reading his stuff. There's always a there's always a level of like um there's just it's it's like uh it's like a dark room. That's what that's what reading uh a Sam Miller uh, novel feels like. It feels like going to a dark room in a New York club, yeah, in a good way. Um, and Will knows what I'm talking that? about. Uh, that? Yes, look. Yeah. What's the cool way? The dark room in the in the uh, New York nightclubs. We know what those. What's dudes... the mad
3: way? I said what I said.
2: Oh oh oh. Okay. Well, we we'll, we we'll leave it at that. Um,
1: and then uh,
2: who is my last? I had one more last one. Uh oh, my favorite always Max Gladstone. There's mm-hmm. um, all of his stuff feels it's like accessible in accessible um cerebralness that's what his that's what his voice is like it's like you know this is dense and it's very intelligent and it's very like well researched and thought out and collegiate but it's accessible
3: so before we leave i'm just gonna say that brent named a lot of our friends and i'm not an asshole for not naming my friends i was specifically naming people who have books out so that, well, yeah. and I, that yeah. I'm an asshole for not naming them. I love y'all. No, no, no one thinks that. No one thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> Until I get that hate mail.
2: <laughs> no. Nah. so Okay. So before we wrap it up, I just want to say to all of y'all, thank you. Because I knew, like, I took us to, like, some good places, some hard places, blah, blah, blah. But I hope this episode is one that we all will come back to whenever we're not feeling so great about our writing and need a boost. Because I think... There was a lot of uplifting that happened tonight, and I think it's a good thing. So I hope, and I hope you know, if you're out there listening to, like, find your tribe the same way that we have our tribe here. And you know, um, if you don't feel like you have a voice in your writing, just keep going. And you probably do, and you just don't realize it. So uh, get a few tribes, just LP said, get a few tribes. That's true. Get, <laughs> get get people that get people that are going to. Love on you when you need to get loved on when you're writing. But um and to kind of like bring it back to the book, this book is like that. This book is like an uplift. Like never say mm. you can't survive. It's like it's like one of those books that just like it it kind of cradles you from start to finish when you're trying to like create something that's that's you. right and it says it at the end of this. Write the book that only you can write. And if you don't know what that is yet, just keep writing.
0: Oh, <laughs> Drops <laughs> Mike. <laughs> he did. I almost pressed stop, but I want to keep the squeals at the end. (laughs) And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing.